It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. I will take all the time that I ever have and can with John Sylvia, who joins me now. Uh, John, my friend, uh, you keep me well informed on the work you're doing at Dynamic Economic Strategy, and you have for years with my audience. And you have been, how do I put this, on point because it's a very pure look at where we are, not a political look, just what it is. But I have to throw this one out there first, and we're going to get into your uh, your points about recession and where we are. The White House now attempting to redefine recession, and you and I have talked about this before, that time and circumstance and types of recessions, that is a factor. But now Brian Deese and Jared Bernstein and uh, even the president himself are gaslighting Americans, as I see it, into realizing that it's not what you think it is or not what you're living. It's just not. What is it? Is this redefining going to work? <laughs> well, I loved your uh, call about the Ohio Ohio carp fishermen because, as you know, David, I, I love to fish. And there are certain uh, species of fish you just throw them back in. I mean uh, – you can love Florida bone fishing all you want, uh, but it is a bone fish and it's not worth keeping. And yes, I think that's one of the great frustrations. Um, it is what it is. I mean, we have a recession. Uh, if you look at the basic economic indicators without putting any spin on them, um, you have the makings of an economic recession, uh, plain and simple. So, you know, no spin, um, you know, you know, that real household income, uh, disposable income, has gone down for the last year. You know industrial production declined in June. Manufacturing and retail sales have been down four months in a row. I mean, there's no spin on that. It's all down. Well, the expectation is that, or maybe the hope is that, enough people supported by media organizations that are supportive of the White House will keep repeating the message until you accept their truth. And John, to that effect, and something you do and you know I do, I decided to look around to see what the news stories are, who's writing them and what they are. And what I see is this marketing plan is the best way I can put it, to not only redefine recession, but to ask the questions that pose the answer, we're not in a, in a recession. Is the U.S. in a recession? Does two quarters of negative growth really mean recession? What are the risks? Of, is technical recession the end of the world? I mean, I could go on and on. I, I My search turned up 20,200,000 results, of which I've been through probably not 20 million of them, but maybe about a maybe a hundred or so. So this is populating in the last few days as we get close to the GDP report. So let's get right to it. First question to the noted economist over the years who's helped educate me. What is your view on a U.S. recession? I think we're in one. I think when you look at uh, the Atlanta Fed reports, which have really gained a lot of prominence, uh, they're talking about a negative GDP number for the second quarter. I think that's absolutely key. I think when you look at some really reliable indicators, such as the uh, Institute for Supply Management, the orders and the employment numbers are below 50. So, yeah, I, I think we are in a recession. 
right now. And I will go back to one of your earlier callers, um, Chris, I think it was, um, that mentioned that, you know, people shift the focus when they find the argument uncomfortable. And so, yeah, you know, now we're talking, we're not talking about the recession, but we're talking about, you know, inflation in another country. So don't worry about U.S. inflation all that bad. I mean, it's a classic story. You just shift the P underneath the hat to fool people to follow the wrong hat. Yeah. And again, that deflection of, well, you know, compared to them, we're not so bad. Our economies are different. And we're later on, we'll get into replenishment, right? Recovery and replenishment uh, to the other R word or continue with the same R word and where we are now. Are, are we in something that's mild? The eternalness, it doesn't exist, but is it mild or is there something deeper? Uh, and what does that look like? You know, I, I think that's an excellent approach. Uh, we are in a recession, and I think the depth and length really depends upon the Fed's monetary policy. Will the Fed pursue their policy to gain uh, a return to 2%, 2.5% inflation, or are they going to settle? Um, will they flinch and say, well, you know, wow, we've got a recession here. The economy is really slowing down. Uh, housing market is really slowing down. We're going to we're not going to really go for 2%. We're going to settle for 3 to 4%. So I think the depth and length of this recession depends very much on how aggressively the Fed pursues their policy of 2% inflation target. You know, just to add a, I don't know, a tangential question, John, to that, uh, big borrowers, large borrowers, corporations, big home builders, those who go to master servicers. And of course, where you were at Wells Fargo, they are one of those banks at that level uh, to a great degree. How will they function in this environment? What do you think? Well, it's always in the forefront of any type of Fed tightening slash recession is certainly felt in the housing market. And again, you you see those numbers, building permits, have have declined over the last three months. Building permits are a leading economic indicator. Small businesses don't have the sources of financing that larger businesses do. So you look at the what they call the NFIB, National Federation of Independent Businessmen, and you look at their outlook, and their outlook has become, you know, quite negative recently. So when you're trying to look at, you know, what are my indicators of where we're going? Those building permits tell me something. Uh, again, if I may say so, look at Walmart earnings uh, that came out and, and simply said, listen, uh, people are getting squeezed on their income. And with consumer spending, essentially two-thirds of GDP, uh, it just, all those indicators just tell me um, that we're in a difficult scenario. You know, I came across a kitchen table indicator uh, yesterday. It was yesterday. And it's one thing that people don't think of on this big, that maybe nationwide issue. But Americans who can't afford to pay their phone bills, their cell phone bills on time, and AT&T, uh, as you talk about leading indicator, I wonder how much they're a leading indicator of that. Their shares took a hit, one of the biggest hits in about two decades. And uh, that's what I call a kitchen, potential kitchen table indicator. They lost 7.6% last week. No, and again, no doubt, uh, 
for me, uh, the cons- demand for consumer credit cards has gone up. Uh, the delinquency rate on consumer credit cards has gone up. So that's the very, very sensitive element. Again, you see that before you see auto loans, before you see housing loan problems, any of that. You're going to see those credit cards getting hit. Also, you know, household savings have gone down for the last three to six months. You know, once again, people are dipping into those savings to maintain their current lifestyle as long as they can. So, you know, when you're looking at those indicators, and I, and I certainly agree with you on AT&T, it's that if people are not, and especially the cell phone today, is, is such an essential utility for just about anyone in the United States, whether it's mom or dad or the kids or grandma or grandpa, uh, when you're not been able to pay that bill, it does say there's a significant sensitivity uh, to what's happening in the economy. Yeah, I, I, that one worries me. And I'm, by the way, you know me, John. I'm going to start digging into all the other carriers, and that's that's part of my homework I've given myself for today to find out what's going on because that's real world, as you said, for uh, for people on a daily basis. Uh, the Fed and where they are now. Janet Yellen. Okay, I got to say, sometimes she just confuses me. I, I, I have. No other way to put it. I, I look at her statements regarding the National Bureau of Economic Research, her word salad uh, on where we are from an inflationary perspective. I just, it's damage control, not economic reality. That's what I see. Well, for, for me, the NBER, National Bureau of Economic Research, coming out and make, mentioning whether there's a recession or not, um, that's an institutional decision. But when I look at the per- people on the ground, uh, you know, again, I'll, I'll state it again. Real household disposable income is down year over year. Credit card usage is up. Building permits are down over the last three months. Uh, the NFIB survey has down to significantly. And then, you know, look at consumer sentiment from the University of Michigan. Um, All-time low last month. It bounced up, you know, 0.1%. So, you know, to me, when I'm looking at the numbers on the ground, you have a recession. Whether the MBER gets around as a group of academics uh, telling me it's a recession, I already know it's a recession. I don't need to be told. I think the American public doesn't need to be told that we're in a recession. They know it. They're living it. And as you say, if you can't pay your cell phone bill, you're in a recession. Yeah. John Sylvia, my guest. Uh, well, pretty easy to find the guy. JohnESylvia.com. Dynamic economic strategy. So dynamics of this economy to play on that. Uh, you know, people have to survive it. Right, John? First you, first you have a strategy. Families need a strategy. Independ- individuals need a strategy. Younger people, uh, which typically are not at their peak earnings, uh, especially in this economy, need to have a strategy to survive this. And to, the, to play off of your name, you know, your, your business name, as it were, dynamic economic strategy, uh, you need one. So what does that look like potentially, especially for those younger people that aren't at that peak, that may have spent too much, acquired too much debt, and are sitting there wondering, how do I survive this? Yeah, I, I, again, I named a firm in terms of 
you know, dynamics because there's an incredible amount of interaction that goes on between the sectors of the economy and the behavior of individuals and businesses within that economy. So there's this dynamic process. And as you know, when I, you and I have just spoken, the first things that happen is people delay paying some of their bills. Okay, my cell phone's not going to get canceled right now, but if I don't pay my bill for a month or two, I might get some cash. I'll cut back on my savings. I'll use some of my savings that I've stored over the years to help pay bills in the short run. I'm going to use more credit cards. So I run up my credit card bills a little bit and now pay the minimum on the credit card rather than paying off the entire credit card. I'll go look for a part-time job uh, to help uh, pay the bills or, you know, my spouse will go out and look for a part-time job when that person had stayed home. That's usually the first things you see, uh, David, as people adjust. The same thing with businesses. Um, the first things they do is they start using their cash. A lot of companies uh, have accumulated cash over the last three to five years. So they use that cash first, and then they'll probably take out a short-term business loan uh, before they start making any changes. But they'll cut back inventories, another element, that we can watch in action. So the economy is very dynamic. People, businesses are very dynamic. They make changes over time, and that's what we're watching. All right, let's keep going. Uh, John, well, yeah, we got a couple minutes here left. You, you know I like talking with you because I like listening to you, and I think it's important, uh, and I appreciate it on the behalf of my audience. Uh, you know, we hear the term, we've heard the term over, well, I guess since we've been alive and paying attention in our, each of our cases, soft or hard landing. What about the role of the Fed? Uh, and that will lead us right into the labor force because uh, – that is one of my bigger concerns. So soft to hard landing. I, I, I will simply say that uh, that completely depends upon the Fed's pursuit of a 2% inflation target. Now, the problem with the soft landing is that, okay, the Fed doesn't drive us into a deeper recession, but it still leaves us with 3 to 4% uh, plus inflation, not 2%. So, again, households have to adjust to the reality. The bond market's just adjusted to the reality that we have three to four percent not two percent the hard landing is this is the paul Volcker approach we're going to get back to where we started we're going to pursue that two percent inflation goal and as a result the unemployment rate is higher the length and depth of the recession is longer so i think it very much depends on how aggressive the fed is with respect to their pursuit of the inflation target so when you're talking about the labor market yeah, absolutely. You're going to see, um, and you've seen some anecdotal stories that companies have pulled some of their job offers to some people. Um, you do see some cuts in business uh, employment in some major industries, major companies. Um, so what it means, uh, the hard landing is a, is a higher unemployment rate. Uh, probably not the 10% we've seen in the past. But, again, a 5 or 6% unemployment rate, uh, which, you know, again, from here is, is pretty devastating given the labor force participation rate. So I would say the distinction between hard and, la hard and soft landing depends very much on the Fed's pursuit of their inflation goal. 
State of the labor force, and you address this in one of your latest reports, and uh, in the sense of also pre-pandemic levels, uh, 55 plus, male, white, Hispanics, uh, what does that look like? That was a a good, that was a detail on one of my presentations, and I congratulate you for having the stamina to go through my entire presentation to see that. Um, when you look at the labor force participation rate by groups, uh, first of all, it's mostly men, particularly 55 plus, that have sort of disappeared in terms of labor force participation rate. Um, so that's number one. Number two, um, you're very right. I mean, look at the Hispanic uh, labor force participation rate, and that's down. And, and so the question becomes, you know, what will happen to that sector? There's some argument that consumer spending on services will pick up and maybe that'll improve that employment uh, sector. Uh, But uh, I think when you're looking at the whole issue, it's uh, men 55 plus, the labor force participation has dropped significantly. And you look at Hispanic workers, um, however they're defined by the BLS, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, that is also down. Uh, significantly. So it'd be interesting to see how these develop over the next six months to a year. Yeah. And I tell you, in the future, I think there's going to be some analysis, and I'm certainly not the the noted economist you are, but of younger people, entry points into the labor force and earnings potential as well as real earnings over time. Uh, I know that's that's a leading or a longer look, but I like to look ahead and see what we need to watch. That's just, you know, David Webb, just being me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. you, but uh, th- there's no doubt the earnings potential is less. Well, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it, as always. Glad we got some extra time in today, but it's important info. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. John Sylvia, uh, Dynamic Economic Strategy. Uh, his website, johnesylvia.com. And yeah, I take the time to go through his his PowerPoints and his reports. Uh, he gives them to me so that I can help you understand this. And you can avoid the gaslighting. Guy just calls it as it is. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.